Hey, excuse you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, well, also apparently you can't block the yeah, killing curse yeah. anyway. So, oh. About a cadabra. <laughs> <laughs> Just Mike wasn't on. <laughs> it's for the best. Whoops. Yeah, so he tried to avada you, not me. Now the wand is pointing back at my rib. Oh, so, oh. Rip, rip ski doodle. Are you, Hi, are you Voldemort oh, so now? Sweet. The the cursing is rebounding. Yep. It's bouncing back and forth. Making a Harry Potter. Like <laughs> How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good. We had our Thanksgiving week. Dude, I had like a food coma today. We I don't even had know what happened. So I went to bed turkey. early and woke up late. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel that tired, but I did not wake up on my own. And that that's what food will do to you. <laughs> yeah. We uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah, we, we had made just a chill week. Very chill week. Jeff made it was the turkey. Lovely. It was really nice. Bunch of sides. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Made the foods the foods up. Uh, made the leftover casserole, which oh, was yeah. an interesting process. Also made stock from our turkey carcass. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very delicious looking stock. Oh, I used it a little bit on rehydrating stuff, but I'm probably gonna freeze it. because mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like making soup today. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, it keeps oscillating. I feel like it's freezing, but it's also nice and sunny. So I guess it's cold and sunny over here. It's getting cold overnight. Yeah, yeah. Cold enough to like notice, and, mm-hmm. but it's still getting pretty warm in yeah, the day. Yeah, because the heat is going. <laughs> taking walks and I'm still wearing shorts. Yeah. Shorts and sweatshirt, like a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> it's how you do it. What can I say? I don't know. It's what, <laughs> it's what I feel comfortable it's, it's in It's the walking. style. If you wear shorts and yeah. sweatshirts, it's like, let us know in the know. comments. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> no, uh, Yeah. So just chilled. We watched a bunch. I watched a bunch of TV. Yes, did I? Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, we finished Harry Potter. We did finish Harry Potter, but that was before Thanksgiving, so we didn't get to. We we watched um a an episode of How I Met Your Mother Thanksgiving, and uh, also some Modern Family. Yes, uh, which you know starting from the beginning, season one. And we were thinking about uh. Holiday themed watch party for oh my gosh, psych, psych. yeah, they do Christmas episodes. You know, my favorite is not to j- just talk about psych now, but my favorite episode of psych is the creepy one that finale episode with the the clock tower and whatever. That's like my favorite episode, yeah. But I'm also, I like the dark, weird episodes as yeah. well. Yeah. Like of of anything, but games, is, movies. It's so it's well earned in that show mm-hmm. because, like most comedies that do serious episodes, it's well earned because you like the characters because not every day of their life is dramatic. Mm-hmm. And then when it is dramatic, it's like it's oh my super god, serious, yeah. and it's like oh okay, mm-hmm. that's right. Um, so this is something that I randomly saw. So Google recommends websites to me, and like the Google like search page, and it's mm. like oh, so usually it's like games there's like a lot of xbox game pass stuff that pops up and then this article popped up um from this website that is a uh, satire it says 
Hogwarts celebrates record-setting year with only four students killed. I don't know only if you four. can see it on the video, but it is um, that is Harry Potter with Cedric, a dead Cedric Haroldini <laughs> Diggory. That's my boy. Highland, Scotland. In response, both tri- joyful and triumphant, students and teachers from the famed Wizarding School celebrated the record-setting fact that only four students were killed at Hogwarts this year. So. Clearly a satire, but I also couldn't help but laugh at that. Good timing. <laughs> Feels like we should get into it. Then. it yes, I think we should. One's ready. Turn to page 209. The Unforgivable Curses. Today's lesson is called Tragedies. The chapter begins with our trio excited for their first defense against the dark arts class. Moody takes roll call and then immediately begins a lesson on the unforgivable curses. Ron offers the Imperious Curse, Neville the Cruciatus Curse, and Hermione the Killing Curse, Avada Kedavra. Moody unceremoniously performs these curses to demonstrate why they are unforgivable in the name of constant vigilance. Neville is shaken after class, and Hermione tries to comfort him, but Moody interrupts and invites Neville up for tea. Later, Hermione shares that she has started SPEW, the Society for the Protection of Elvish Welfare, to fight the enslavement of house elves. She invites Harry and Ron to join and declares their mission. As she does, Hedwig arrives with a response from Sirius, who insists on coming back to Hogwarts to help protect Harry. Spew. Spew. Spew Not spew. What's spew? S-P-E-W. Like, okay, Hermione, that clearly (laughs) says spew. It says spew. You should rethink your (laughs) name. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, one of the notes I wrote in that scene was, what do you think the trio each have for their own Clifton strengths? Because Hermione, she's, like, brilliant, but, like, marketing and, like, getting to that sort of, like, uh, connecting those uh, those people relationship skills or whatever, not so much. That's why you need a team of people. You need Ron to help you with that. Like, don't call it spew. Don't call it spew. Yeah. <laughs> don't call it something different. Yeah. It's a great noble cause, good idea, but we need to be able to execute it with a better a better name. <laughs> oh well, my gosh. I mean, Hermione, we can do them out of order since yeah, yeah. we're on the elves. So mm-hmm. I feel like Hermione is very uh in touch with we've talked about this in fact i think it was a couple of weeks ago she's very in touch with her principles mm-hmm. of like recognizing something that she considers an injustice even if other people don't mm-hmm. which is really a, a special quality because she is consistent she is not somebody who just rides the next bandwagon of of you know cause a cause to to back mm-hmm. she is like i'm gonna i'm gonna make this because i think that this is wrong it's really interesting the whole the whole journey with spew is really interesting s-p-e-w yeah, i'm gonna call it spew. <laughs> uh-huh well ron has a line in there um where i think it's before uh, before she like reveals what what she's working on, and she, uh, Ron yeah. just says, "We have been working like house elves here," and I'm yes. just like, "Oh my god, Ron! Like, can you not? <laughs> can you not? Like, yep. just you you know Hermione, you understand what's important to her. Yep. 
You probably forgot. Like it's kind of like when you you say something and you're just like, oh, should because he he Ron does this multiple times in the chapter. The second being with the killing curse that yeah. he's all amped about, and Harry clearly is not, and so Ron is like, just stops talking. <laughs> well, it also it was a it's kind of a masterstroke to have Ron use what is ultimately like an idiom. Mm-hmm. And then say they like it, almost in the same breath. He's yeah, like, we're yeah. working like house elves, which is a reference to their enslavement. In essence, the only reason that makes sense is like that they're work they work their work to the bone. They work too mm-hmm, hard. Mm-hmm. And then in the same breath, he's like, "Oh, they like it." Mm-hmm. And that's that is the hypocrisy that Hermione though, yeah. is pointing out. Mm-hmm. He does not see it as inconsistent because mm-hmm. he doesn't view them as equals to wizards. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Or not even equality isn't even the right approach. He doesn't think that their uh, situation is... That there's an issue. A problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't see it that way. No. And that's part of what we discussed of like, okay, this is just normalized in the wizarding world. And like the way it's normalized is not just the act itself, but like the the justification, the feeling of it, like, oh, all parties are happy, like, there's no problem here, like, everyone gets and the, something. the saddest irony of it is that the Weasleys don't have a house elf. Mm-hmm, yep. So, like, in some dark sense as well, he's making a comment on, like, his own mother and the, the response, what this work is, what house elves do, that, like, it, it doesn't matter. You don't need to pay them or whatever. Like, they love it. They like it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're doing it under the pressure of magical compulsion. They have to do it. So it would be like, well, would you do that to your mother, right? That's the imperious curse, right? Of like, they forced to do something, whether or not you want to do it. Yeah, I... It's interesting because so like oftentimes on this podcast, we talk about a lot of uh, like very foundational, that's the word I keep coming to, these foundational discussions about how how a society works, what are the like dominant discourses, what's accepted as normal, like how things structure or govern a society. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with like the stories we tell and what basically what's acceptable. and that that's something that it's really hard. So as we know, it's really hard to tackle all of the problematic ways things get enacted in a society. Like we know this from, you know, being on the Internet for so long now and being fatigued of trying to do something about everything. Doom scrolling. Like, yes. And so it's very admirable for although I would like to know how Hermione is, um, you know, as, as an adult, politician. yeah, as an adult and like the leader of the Ministry of Magic when she's older of like dealing with it because she she obviously like has I mean, the the fact that she can focus on this and like carry through is, as you were saying, it's pretty impressive of like being able to actually oh. put something to action. Yes. Like there's, you know, yes. and it's it's really hard to do. So it's, it's extremely hard. And if you want to compare and her by herself too to people in our world, like that's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Much less rare would be somebody who hears about Spew and says, oh, yeah, I agree, and then does nothing. 
Yeah, yeah. That's extremely common. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a fascinating storyline in this book, and it's going to keep coming up, which is exciting for us because it gives us this touch point. I, I think your point of foundational stuff like comes up again with Moody. Mm. So if on the spew side, it's like, a foundation of a society that tries to be consistent in its principles, to implement principles across the board and find consistency, build mm -hmm. it. You have to make consistency. You have to search for your inconsistencies and hypocrisies, and you have to change them. Mm -hmm. And that's what SPEW is about. Another one that we've talked a lot about is telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And this is the hill I will die on. Like you, you have to be honest. And this is what Moody is saying. Yeah. Yes. Oh man, I I I definitely wrote a lot of things for Moody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, the dark. Yes, it's there's a so deep confusing irony. because I'm like yes. I'm reading it now, and I'm just like, yes. hmm. Because remember, at the end of last chapter, I was I was paying attention to the words he was saying to Draco and everything, and I oh, his look at Harry. Now, his look I'm at just Neville. like yeah, and so now I'm like. Yeah, but even this, like, the verbalizing, like, oh, you need to know, like, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, I, yes. I, I don't know how to react to this right now, because, I mean, I also agree with him, like, I think that yep. the adults around Harry, I mean, we've said this ever since book one, the adults around Harry in their, like, ways of protecting him, in their efforts to protect him, or what they say they're doing is to protect him, is... Um, I mean, in hindsight, like once we I mean, it's not even in hindsight. It's because we see Harry as a full human being like we are Harry, like we are the person we are him going through life. And so we have that the the cool thing about reading the books in or any kind of like um, piece of art that puts you in the perspective of somebody else. Like that's what you're able to be like, wait, no, why are you treating him this way? Why are you like not telling him things? And mm -hmm. so I'm like all on board with fake Moody being like, hey, yes, Harry deserves to know. Can you can you stop like treating this? Especially, I mean, the gravity of all of this with the unforgivable unfor curses. What I found really important is that. Even though, so the way that they're described is like, okay, the most heavily punished by wizarding law, the curses that are most heavily punished by wizarding law. So they're important, like they are distinguished as like these things are, these three curses are terrible. Yeah. And even though they're unforgivable, they're, each one of them has an actual connection to the students in that classroom, right. like an, a real like consequential like uh, you know connection to students in that classroom so it's not it's not um i was thinking about our very early conversations about what do we teach and why and so like there's this there's this sort of like practicality that is in this lesson of like this practicality in a very kind of uh, sobering way of like this is real. Yes, they went through a war. And yes, like they're like you would like to think that this doesn't happen outside of extreme circumstances, but that just is not true. So, yes. Let's just face it. Well, what's interesting, you said there's connections in the classroom. Mhm. Mm it's funny because 
uh, it's the imperious curse that stands out to me. So we have the Avada Kedavra and Harry's relationship is is apparent. Mm-hmm. Neville, we will learn, has a, an incredibly intimate relationship with Cruciatus curse, mm-hmm. as does Fake Moody. But the imperious curse that it feels the weakest of being like, yeah, oh, generally it, the ministry. That's but why it's, it's first. You know it's like, what? Oh, in hey. the classroom, who is dealing with it? Who has the most? To, to say about that is fake moody mm. he was imperious for years mm. years he was imperious and he says like you you can fight against it and it takes a sh- great strength of character and all of this yeah and it's uh it's it's very dark that because that's the most slippery one because as we learn his backstory, it's like it, it's such an interesting story because he is evil, yet protected by love. Oh, is freed, and all of this stuff happens. Darn it, love! It's re- <laughs> yes, it's really a uh, phenomenal. Well, the way that it's like, yeah, the way, well, even so touching on that, I mean, we don't, we'll probably go more in depth when we get to the, the explanation of his 200, 400 pages, his story (laughs) later, but like the, you can have the same, what I love is like going in multiple directions with the same thematic element. So we're talking about love in Harry's case, very extreme. Mother's love protecting him from death, sort of thing. And then in this other case, like love is used in a different way. And then in a different case, which we'll see with love potions, love, love, or like what we say is love. And so we can argue about like, oh, this is the purity of what is, Mm -hmm. what is the purest of the love and like what is real love, what is not love. But it's all the way that we conceptualize it is with the same word, right? So like how that, how you can play with that in a variety of different shades in this like world that she's made and that's i think what makes it feel so real is that you have all of these shades and so i was thinking about two different things as i was reading this section one was well essentially they're the same thing but why is why these three curses and not others Mm -hmm. which i think is really really interesting and we've touched on this before because I think we could discuss and expand. Like obliviate. <laughs> yes, obliviate for sure. We could exp- It's on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there are other illegal curses. There are other illegal uses of magic mm-hmm. that don't necessarily rise to this category. Yeah, where it's like, do not touch curses. it at all. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what we'll see that's also interesting is like, but these curses get used by people who don't go to jail. Harry Potter. Yes. <laughs> so there's something interesting there. Can we defend his uses of the imperious curse in the pursuit of destroying Horcruxes? I don't know if we can defend the it. Cruciatus curse. Cruciatus curse on Bellatrix, sure. And well, revenge. and also on Caro. Sure. Spitting in McGonagall's face. Like yeah. that seemed more like a... Because I remember that scene when I read it's that dark. in the book, I was like, I freaked out because I was like, not only did Harry use that, but McGonagall also used Imperio. Mm. It, like, it was just like two yes. unforgivable curses in the Suddenly same scene. And I was like, oh gosh, right. yeah. So, this is a principal question 
as well of like, well, okay, these are legally unforgivable, but are they, do people morally think that they're unforgivable? Not clear. Mm -hmm. Maybe no is the clear answer. No, they don't think that they're unforgivable. There, mm -hmm. There is a sense of like righteousness, righteous use of these things. <clears throat> of course, we we should get back into Avada Kedavra in oh three gosh. years from now because <laughs> Harry doesn't years. use it, which is also interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I was also thinking about the degrees here of like confundus. So what is imperious? It's like a complete loss of self-control. Mm -hmm. Magically induced behavior. Well, you have confundus. You also have the love potions, right? Is that yeah. an unforgivable potion? We seem to, they have different strengths. So there's some, there's very, very interesting questions here about legal. How do you do a legal system mm -hmm. where you have, you have degrees of a kind? Yeah. What's interesting is also, so now I'm thinking, now as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, also the challenge of, or like the, uh, you need to be powerful in order to cast these spells. Mm -hmm. And because Moody even says, if you all pointed your wands at me and said Avada Kedavra, like maybe the worst happen. that would happen would be a nosebleed. Like right. it's not like- To execute it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's something there's something about like the, like where does the magic come from? Which I know we've asked this question before, and you I'm not to I'm not it, gonna Gary. touch it. I mean that might be actually a mm -hmm. huge topic for Hogwarts Legacy of where does yes, magic come us. from, yes. um, like within, and like where does it like how does it get enacted in that in 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 some sort of powerful way? Because like it's not that all of the witches and wizards just learn the spells and then like they all do them equally. There are some wizards that are more powerful than others, like Dumbledore and Hermione. Like they are clearly more powerful and it comes from somewhere. And we can talk about like, yeah, maybe it's studying, maybe it's you know practice or whatever. Maybe it's just natural talent, but like where does that come from? Both. And then there's also this idea although i don't know this is not necessarily dark magic is it dark magic what? so when, when we talk about magic and like this idea of dark magic like that seems to come going back connected back to where does the magic come from it seems to be dark magic is um categorized separately because it probably comes from a worse place you know wherever that may be or however that gets you know but it but that label in and of itself is troubling because mm -hmm. it's not clear are these curses all dark magic making a horcrux i think we could argue in a different light yeah as being dark magic it's weird because maybe because it because it requires a murder there's sort of like also thinking about like the restricted section, so going off mm. of that, um, magic is. So I'm also looking at Zax's comment about Sectum Sempra. I have the same thought for Cruciatus that it's on the same spectrum of inflicting pain onto another being. Uh huh. Cruciatus is unforgivable. Would Sectum Sempra? Is well, not part of what's messy is that you have to think about the his historical context, like spells get created. Snape created that sectum sempra. Yes. So, like in terms of cataloging, categorizing, updating, we know that the wizarding world is not good at updating. So, like thinking about that, like there's something also about 
I wonder when those spells were created. I guess it's yes, like the short, sure. the short great, great point question. to what I'm trying to say yeah. is that who made them? Um, and also in our previous like explorations of ancient magic and like like there there is there's time that goes with thinking about magic and how that changes over time, and then trying to fit that in within a society and make laws that govern around what magic is acceptable, what magic is widely used. And all of that. Exactly. I I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think to some extent that the exploration that we're having is morality and especially legality as being Mm -hmm. man-made. We Mm -hmm. make them. Yeah. And so they change. So because they they need to be responsive to other changes as well. It's hard to have, even if you do have a consistent principle how do you apply it to new situations? This is a le- mm-hmm. this is what the Supreme Court does: applying existing yeah. things to new situations. Yeah, it's an incredibly difficult d- discussion. I was thinking about you said who invented them, and I was trying to remember. Like I think going back, back, back. The only thing I can remember is that somebody, the Fowl, was the first guy who made oh, a horcrux. Oh yeah, no, yeah, and no. And it was uh-huh. a long time ago. It was like uh-huh. be- I think before the that founding name of Hogwarts. That sounds familiar. Someone, yeah, I don't I remember his remember actual the, name. The it's something name. the Fowl. Yeah, so, something I do remember. The fowl, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a great, great question because could we not conce- conceptualize of like okay what. What about the spell? Uh, yeah, so it, it, there's also these weird in-betweens, right? Because Avada Kedavra is one person to one person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wormtail kills 13 people with one spell, <laughs> right? This is the difference between yeah, stabbing somebody and bombing right. a, yeah, a building. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. What's going on there? Well, yeah. So then you have like spells that are yes. used. I mean, there's like the the okay, you shouldn't kill people. Yes, yes. And then there's uh the like these are kind of they're held separate. Which is which is this is what's happening that's weird is what the three unforgivable curses fail to do is separate means and ends. That you're saying that they're they're just they're coupled together. There is no good use mm-hmm. of these spells, but we know that some yeah. of our heroes use Man. these spells, so that's not quite true. I wonder if, like, because they're so, they require you to be such a powerful witcher wizard that, like, they're held to a higher standard. Like, the people mm. who have the power to do these specific yeah. uh, spells should never use like they are they are so powerful the people themselves that they should like this is like a whole different category where it's like okay if you are this powerful you have a responsibility to like not inflict control harm and otherwise it's like i don't know like what would prevent someone from just like controlling all of wizard kind uh torturing them or killing people that don't obey you know Maybe that's part of it as I well. I mean, there's so much to unpack here. It's really phenomenal. I, I think the... Yeah, for the most mind... part, I've been like taken as given as like, yeah, these are the unforgivable curses. This is probably one of the first times I've a- actually in depth asked all of these questions about how does it work? Why? <laughs> I'm not opposed to them being unforgivable curses. Like mm-hmm. in my reflection on them, I'm like, oh, I, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. But 
then you have to not forgive people for using them. <laughs> you, you can't only not forgive some people's use of them. Then they're no longer unforgivable curses. Rename them unforgivable except Sometimes for Harry Potter. Sometimes yeah. forgivable <laughs> Rarely <spells>. forgivable. <laughs> Which is ultimately like, is the point of having a legal system to make it more uh, nuanced? Mm. And say like, well, what were the circumstances Mm-hmm. under which this was used mm-hmm. um do they have a civil court well so the the <laughs> the uh, avada kedavra has no um counter spell right so maybe i mean i could absolutely see that be i mean that the finality of that i think is fantastic um, point it's also in part why i don't think harry even though he uses the other two he doesn't use that one like I mean, this actually goes to another point that I wrote is that um, the connection, the the Harry and Neville are deeply disturbed by the lesson. Would Neville use the Cruciatus curse? I don't think so. In the same way that Ever. Harry wouldn't use the Avada Kedavra curse? And they have, it's kind of like we haven't Harry seen- Harry uses the other one. We haven't seen them yet. The Thestrals. Yeah. Because um, that, the whole conversation about that is that- you know, uh, a- after this book, like Luna and Harry, like can see them because they've seen death. Like t- you have a different relationship with the the thing itself if you have some sort of experience, even though it's tangent. It's like family members, and so that's why, like, when- we are experiencing this as right yes, now as yes, a society constantly. Yes. 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 But that's why after the lesson, all the other kids are like that. Well, I mean, Hermione's not, Even but she's Ron. very empathetic. But you like, see how it just snuffed it, right? Yeah, there. And then like they like, were so oh, like they were like, oh, this is so cool. And the way that Harry in his head describes it is like, oh, like they saw a show or something. Like, and and but part everyone of everyone laughs. She makes a point in the chapter of saying everyone laughs at the Imperious Curse. Yeah, with when, the cartwheels right. and stuff. Moody doesn't. Because he, he experienced uh-huh. it. It's not funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This yeah. is not funny. Yeah. But he uses the Cruciatus curse and the Imperius curse. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's real. <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on. There's it really so is. so much just in like a tight little yes. paragraph. Yes. It's like, yes. oh my God. Especially as somebody, people who have read the books, being able to reflect on what uh-huh. exactly is going on. Because mm-hmm. as of right now, we basically only know Harry's story. Parts of it, the yeah. We know, we know, we know why know it's her. important. We, we don't, don't know yeah. Neville, Neville, no, and we don't know fake Moody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's which just reminds me <laughs> that J.K. Rowling, you have to write nonlinearly. She's clearly not mm-hmm. a gardener. She is an architect. And those are the two mm. models of writing. Mm. She. In the sense of like she she clearly she may guard him for a while, but eventually she goes back and writes this type of chapter, knowing who is who and who will bring up who what and who will react how. Yeah, it's yes. intentional. Yeah, it's incredibly for intentional. sure. <laughs> and when I don't, do we find out about? No, we don't find out about Neville's parents until next book, I think, Order of the Phoenix, because they go to Saint the... Mungo's. Uh huh. They go to St. Mungo's because Ron's dad gets attacked. And that's when Harry, they see Lockhart again and they bring him back. And then they see Neville because it's the holidays. 
And Neville is visiting his parents. Lockhart. Oh, little Neville. And he doesn't want to tell them. He's no. just, I love Neville. He's just a little buddy. Yeah. And Hermione's so nice. She's just like, she knows that something's yes. wrong. And, and, and that- also, her, Harry is also nice because he's like, that was a very tactful way of yeah. like, she's not complimented a lot. This is something Lupin would have done. And I'm like, yeah, except this guy is a death eater. <laughs> I just want I just want to yeah that part is funny too like thinking about what, what really is happening it's so yeah, good. yeah I uh, yeah. I want to go back in time and just like be if I could time travel time turner and go back to little young Neville and be like it's okay Neville one day you'll be an herbology professor at Hogwarts like just keep on trying keep on trucking buddy <laughs> you're okay. gonna destroy a Horcrux yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. I you know, one thing that I did enjoy in this chapter is Draco is not in it. Thank yes, goodness. Compared to the movie. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, the movie was uh slightly different. Uh it's especially because Gryffindors. Uh Hermione raises her hand in the book. Yes, she, she does. and in the movie it's she, and very she says about it, and she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says it and, and the, the all the rest are like, oh yeah. and in the the movie uh, moody is more into fake moody is more intense it's just like oh gosh this is terrible but yeah unforgivable curses don't and do them the final bow on this is the continuation of our conversation of educational preparedness oh yeah yeah because mm-hmm. moody refers to this and says well usually you wouldn't hear about these until sixth year so there's this split oh, yeah. right in essence post owls is like grad school which is it reminds me of it where people are like, oh, well, there's no topic now that you can't discuss. You have to discuss it now. We're not waiting mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's an arbitrary line. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But then I'm like, well, yes, but should first years learn about the unforgivable curses? Like, I don't know. I've some, some sometimes you're, you're I feel like you're going to a bunch of but Tom you, Riddles being like, but oh, then you can just me. push it back constantly. Well, should they learn about them before? Should it be like, you know, Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, so it's it's another spot where like yeah. coming up with some kind of principle is very difficult. Well, part of it also, so thinking about the context around Moody, like ignoring the fact that it's not the real Moody right now, that Dumbledore brought him in specifically for one, for one year, and then we see a little kind of nod at the end with Sirius being like, "Yeah, there's something going on." <laughs> well, I love that you know? too because they make up the. They make up the um, divination homework. Oh my god, that was! And hilarious. then the whole stuff with Sirius is about reading the signs because mm. it's like mm-hmm. Dumbledore must be reading the signs. I'm reading this. There's been a number of things to be paying attention to. Yeah, and, and I, it's like, oh yes, like, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mars the, is that in... is what divination is about. Yes, but Mars. All of this is like something is going on. Harry is upset and I'm just like, Harry, I just can't with you sometimes. Like I although I do understand he doesn't want he doesn't want to be like seen as there's something wrong with him. He's fine. He's just trying to have a good year with no drama, no anything. That's all he's trying to do. Yes, Wormtail got out last year. We're going to like ignore that and just try to push it off, <laughs> push it away. The Triwizard Tournament is here. I'm just trying to have a good year as Harry Potter here. And mm-hmm. no, he's like, okay, also serious. You're like, if it happens again, tell Dumbledore. No, serious. You tell Harry Potter right now. Go tell Dumbledore right now. Mm-hmm. There's no time to wait. 
why are you why are you being semi-cautious come on follow through but yeah there's a lot going on if in I, the background how much how much energy do you still have can we go for a I, couple more minutes yeah i have okay. more energy. the last thing that was rolling <laughs> in my brain was the relationship because we've been talking a lot about the department of mysteries as we do we, have, off we often talk about the department of mysteries and trying to figure out what the deal is it helps with my writing but also helps with other things that we're working on yeah and i think about i was trying to connect the three unforgivable curses to rooms in the department of mystery oh like somehow they affect something it's the essence of self like Mm. first rule Mm -hmm. big consequences right we know avada kedavra clearly connects to the death room Mm mm-hmm Imperious, I think, connects to the brain room in an obvious way. It's about control over your own actions, consciousness, mm. unconscious cause, you know, that type of, yes, it's very dark. Mm-hmm. I couldn't really find a Cruciatus one. And it's interesting to me because it's also the one that I have the biggest problem with being an unforgivable curse because inflicting pain happens with all sorts of curses. Yeah. And jinxes and hexes all over the place. And so, like, that's the most difficult one for me to deal with because they're, uh, yeah, yeah, there's, but, and then I was also thinking, can fund us for Imperius as we talked about. But then, like, other things that are unforgivable, that's where the love potion came up for me as well. Of like, well, yeah, I think that the, I mean, the love potion thing seems like it's imperious more, but mm-hmm. I also feel like so when I think about torture, it's not just pain. Like it's a it's like a very, very specific and malicious pain that you are inflicting on somebody. And yet and yet wizards use uh dementors. Yeah, so there's, uh, yeah, there's Dementors, there's Bogarts even, which are, I mean, it's, yeah. I, I guess, like, it's not that you would hide a Bogart. Would you hide a Bogart anyway? Any, anywhere? I don't know. Like, because we've only seen them in the context of, well, we've seen Dementors, like, not in the context of classrooms, but the, the Bogart has been mm-hmm. a teaching tool mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't really know. Well, it, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, uh, to also touch on Dementors, it's interesting because we, I think Dumbledore and his relationship with the use of Dementors is not dissimilar from Hermione and House Elves of like this sort of where is the consistency? Yeah. Because Dumbledore, if we know, well, I think we already know from the third book, is an mm-hmm. advocate of not associating with Dementors and mm-hmm. definitely not using them. As wizarding prison guards. Yeah, so I think I mean part of I mean we can also see people. Yeah, we can see Hermione also coming through of like she is actually she's a change agent. She's because like she takes over. Well, she doesn't immediately take. Does she immediately? Nobody knows if Hermione is actually when Hermione becomes minister. Yeah, it's not like a specific like this is the inauguration date or whatever. This will just be me. Uh I was always disappointed that Hermione became minister for magic and not. Headmistress of Hogwarts. Oh, I feel but McGonagall was there. Like, yes, yes. You but know she's these super people. old. I mean, later. yes. Dumbledore also is super old. You have to like. Okay, I so imagine you think maybe that after like her 
Yeah, time after as she's like okay, done being a minister, I think okay. she will become yes, headmistress. I think that you can't oust McGonagall. Why can't we have any young professors? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Neville. Okay. You had Lockhart ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, Neville. Neville's young. Maybe, I don't know. It, it's no, really just... hard to have people leave if they, I mean, McGon- okay, McGonagall specifically, I will defend because th- that, like, Hogwarts is like literally. Hello, Winston. <laughs> Hogwarts is where she she loves the most. Like McGonagall's story, if you haven't read it on wizardingworld.com, go read it. She yeah. she belongs at Hogwarts and I will let Hermione be headmistress Fine. after. But Hermione is it's Hermione is a phenomenal person because we t- we will learn and Dumbledore will talk about Harry's moral center. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're seeing it from Harry's perspective, so maybe we get more insight into the darkness within. Yeah. But Hermione seems to be the most unwavering person Mm -hmm. when it comes to having a moral center. Mm -hmm. Which is. I agree completely. It's not clear why. Hermione is. Right? Because I was going to say, like, Hermione is Dumbledore reincarnated, except for (laughs) she's not tempted as much by, like, any of these pursuits of power. Yeah. Because Dumbledore even says, like, oh, I'm not, I didn't want to ever become Minister for Magic because I can't be trusted with power, as yeah. though Headmaster is somehow not as powerful. Well, Hermione's interesting being Muggleborn because part of her, like, at the beginning, it's like, oh, she just wants to fit in. Mm. But she, I think, if I think about her in a slightly different way of, like, I think she believes that she has, she she's lucky and gifted to be able to use magic at all. I mean, being Mm. in a family that can't use magic, that I think she does hold this like high sense of responsibility and, you know, like I I need to, you know. But a lot of her moral center is irrespective of magic. Yeah. I mean, part of that is I I think that she just is. Right. She just probably is a good person yeah. in general. We can put if I were to put a label on anyone, be, although she does uh, veer to serum some the people without their knowledge in wizards. Of United. all of Harry Potter, uh-huh. is that Hermione Granger is a first year Gryffindor in the same year? <laughs> yeah. Who else is going to do it? No. Nope. A lot of people could be Ron. <laughs> I don't see any other Hermiones walking around. <laughs> that is accurate. Dear Ron, a lot of people can be you. (laughs) Not a lot of people can be your wife. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Oh, that's so. As far as what happens in the story, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, note. (laughs) yeah, we we stand for Hermione. Until next time, Juan's ready. ready.